0: You're listening to a fourth hand production.
1: I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter, but it knows when we're queuing. So but I'll be back so I can introduce and go from there. Sound cool? Uh
0: yeah. Sorry, I wasn't really listening, but sure.
1: Yeah, thanks, John. Sound just like my wife. I Appreciate think
0: it. We'll be able to hear it. <clears throat> I was just going over my Bigfoot story.
1: Oh. I know I got my Hobby Lobby pulled up. Fucking idiots.
0: Maybe I won't start with Tupac, actually. I'm going to start with Bigfoot. Start I'm going to start
1: light. Are you going to start strong? I'm going to start light, so I'll counterbalance your strong okay. with my light. I'm going to end shitty, but start strong. <laughs> Fair I'm enough, gonna rope, sir. I'm going to rope them in. <clears throat> so you go, don't do that on screen. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. It looks like you're... Story in the news today.
0: You believe in ghosts and the paranormal
2: now are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't uh, know planes man. that they're building
0: and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts There's this
2: weird
1: animal like creature that was shot wolf like creature that just stood out in some odd ways I'm Shane. Welcome to Strange Uncles. I'm John. I'm Josh. And we are, um, I think for the first time ever, I'm pretty goddamn lonely sitting around this table, I'll tell you that.
0: I know. We're we're doing uh, the episode Quarantini-style.
1: I hate Saturdays that word.
2: Saturdays <laughs> in the choir.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. They were making jokes about it on the news. I'm like, alright, just shut the fuck up, people. That's not even funny. So. Yeah. But anyway, so for everybody who's listening, uh, yeah, this is actually, first of all, this is our, our March news episode. Um, this is our rotation. For those of you who may be a new listener, um, this is every fourth episode. We try to kind of wrap up the weird and the high strangeness of all the news for the month previously and then um, put it out there so you guys have something for your earballs. Uh, and again, like we said, we're, you know, we've been talking to each other just like we normally do all the time, like a bunch of, you know, a bunch of wives. But. Uh, this is the first time that we're not together. And so we've been working diligently behind the scenes on trying to find a program that works, trying to make sure our audio is working. Um, so if this episode's a little rough, uh, just your feedback, let us know, Hey, we miss this. Hey, usually you do this and then we'll fix it on our side.
0: Yeah. You d- should have seen us try and get to where we're at right now. That was a, that was a fun journey to, yeah, I think to try a and shit get your show. That was a shit show
1: uh definitely i think the word monkey fucking football comes to mind so never heard that term but yes <laughs> you never heard that term <laughs> yes no i've never heard that that's funny um um but anyway yeah we're here so hopefully all of you are are good um obviously we're in weird times we're not going to banter on about some stuff although i will say there's a couple stories that do link to kind of the weirdness we have but we made it a point and we kind of agreed amongst us three that you know, this is this is the break time from reality, and so hopefully uh, what we have to present you guys, you know, give you some laugh, give you some humor, give you something to look into. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people have plenty more time now than they did before, so yeah.
2: there's that. I feel like I have less time. <coughs> I do. Fucking I do. work does not stop at five anymore.
0: <clears throat> oh, man. Yeah, I had a hard time trying to find any news that really didn't have something to do with the state of the world right now. But I think I found some stuff that we can all forget the hell that is reality right now.
1: Likewise, on my side, yeah, it was really tough to find something because you gotta, you gotta unbury yourself through all the bullshit on top of it to find the little stuff. So, you know, and like Josh said, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I, from life may cannot imagine that I don't have a building full of people and I'm busier now than I was two weeks ago. Like it is insane. So,
2: yeah, I mean, like most of the vendors I work with are in places that are under lockdown right now. And it's still busier than it was three weeks ago.
1: Yeah. Crazy, crazy, Fucking crazy. But yeah, with all that being said, um, first of all, I'd like to, John, you're going to start the news stories, but I will say, you know, one good thing out of this kind is at night wife and I tend to kind of settle down. We get to catch up on some stuff. Um, new shows. Uh, I think she's starting to going to watch that tiger King thing, John, that you're watching.
0: I refuse yeah, to do I mean, it. I think everybody's blown it out of proportion. Like it's a good show and it's highly entertaining, but like I think I don't know why everybody's so enamored by it. Uh, it's just a bunch of rednecks. White. It's like white trash is <laughs> finest, owning a bunch of exotic animals, and everybody's shitty.
1: Half so I think it's just
0: everybody, just like the drama of the shittiness, like, I'm <laughs> like, oh, they're so horrible. But I will say that Carol Baskin, in that, uh, I won't give anything away, but Carol Baskin is the world's biggest hypocrite. I, and she I totally- heard. And she totally killed her husband. So
1: (laughs) there's a guy that has this, you know, the meme where you've got the dude with a little table outside with a coffee with a sign saying such and such and such make me change my mind. Yeah. I saw that meme today. I was like, oh, that's, that's fucking funny. So
0: I saw that. One of my favorite things is seeing Donald Trump's face on Joe exotics. uh, head. (laughs) The two combined. That is one of the funniest images ever
1: well we were talking earlier the one good thing about this is the fucking memes that are rolling out are hilarious i saw one uh today that was guys like i'm doing okay with self-isolating although i think i'd punch a cat square in the asshole for some taco bell i thought that was pretty good
0: well i think he might regret that if he
1: did that (laughs) right anyway with all that being said uh, the one thing i gotta add with movies i tried to watch a new child's play remake Eh, i don't know if you guys saw it but it's fucking hot trash that's um, the least bit trash. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's some some uh, what do you call it, you know, romanticizing on the old ones, at least, because, you know, it's old 80s bullshit. But this one's just fucking awful. God, it's awful.
2: Um, if you're looking for a new show, you should watch uh, Um, the plot against America on HBO. That shit's fucking amazing.
1: I'm getting into um, Watchmen. I know I'm behind the game. A lot of you probably already seen it, but I did pick up a subscription to HBO because it's free for a month, um, and it's phenomenal. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm just, for some reason, that even though the ending was the most disappointing thing in like a decade, I'm re-watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> Me and the lady are doing it. And I, I don't... Maybe I'm a sadist or something uh, because I know how it ends, and I hated it, but... It's still so damn good. I'm like in the middle of the second season. I'm like, oh, the that's crazy. That's the funny. first
2: four or five seasons are flawless. And then oh my God, know, amazing. I mean, that's when the two idiots that ran it into the ground took over or what. But the first like four or five seasons are amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, the, every, the guys that were creating it just got over it and they wanted to do Star Wars. So they're just like, all right, let's get oh, over this. Was that what and happened? Then I, no. And then I think a couple of the actors wanted to move on. Because they've well, been doing wait, it for so long. But now, like, what have they done since? Why and any <laughs> off
2: the showrunners fucking got their jobs through nepotism? None of them, neither of them had ever run a show before. Mm. And also, uh, like, <laughs> they were saying, like, our fans don't want all this fantasy. Like that's what their explanation was for how they kind of just stopped showing the dragons and stuff. And it's like, really, this whole fucking thing is about <laughs> dragons and swords. You fucking idiots! You fucking assholes! Like, why would anyone who watches this not want to see dragons and fucking direwolves? That's the whole I, reason yeah. I watched the show in the first
0: place. Besides I, the titties,
1: like, I can't wait to watch a western. On? But goddamn it, if I see one fucking horse, I'm I'm fucking out. It, it, come on, <laughs> really? That's what I you're like. Saying?
0: To, I like to irritate. My girlfriend, by saying that it's my favorite time period piece uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a time period piece. It's fucking fantasy. Don't ruin it for me.
2: Wow. Aubrey hates that stuff. And I'm like, but it's my <laughs> favorite. That's funny. <laughs> awesome. I mean, it's good. But.
1: Well, with all that being said, um, we're, I don't know, gents, you guys ready to roll into some news?
0: Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get it kicked off. Um, first of all, just a quick little blip. Uh, Earth, I think Salt Lake and the surrounding areas had over 800 earthquakes slash aftershocks. So that's been fun. Yeah, last week was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yep. so if, if you're a Patreon member and you're wondering why some content was late, uh, that's why.
0: Yeah, that's like, absolutely why.
2: We went into quarantine and then also there was an earthquake all in the same week and shit's just been a fucking nightmare.
0: Yeah, there was a five point oh. seven earthquake, and then hundreds of aftershocks, and then a couple more earthquakes,
1: which so, makes yeah, you a little like fucking there jittery.
0: Some pretty gnarly ones, like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've I've got PTSD. Every little thing I hear, I'm like, okay, yeah. But I just wanted to. That's that's news story one. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them short. John. Done. Done. All right. Um, so I want to talk about. This dude in Colorado in Bailey claims he has pictures of the one and only Bigfoot. Um, He says he took these in October of 2017 and his his name is Scott Yeoman. Um, He was working on his mobile home uh, and he's in, in an 11 acre property in the community of Bailey. And all of a sudden he smelled like a harsh odor and it smelled like rotting animal, flesh, vomit, and excrement. Uh, and it was all of a sudden he noticed something moving outside of the window from the corner of his eye. And since the le- ledge of his window is approximately seven to eight feet tall, he suspected that it was a bear trying to get in. Uh, and then, <clears throat> but as soon as he saw it, it didn't look like a bear at all. It looked like Bigfoot was peering through his window. And, uh, wow. He said he was terrified and he had a camera nearby and he happened to snap some pictures of it really close. He said the creature closed its eyes when he first pointed the camera at it. And it was kind of like, uh, it acted like a child. Like if you close your eyes, you can't see me or something like that.
2: Maybe that's how it avoids its picture being taken. As soon as you close the eyes, it's,
0: it's the cloak. Yeah. Um, Apparently he opted not to shoot at it because the, it ultimately left his house peacefully. Um, He got some pictures of it. I guess he filmed the creature for about 10 minutes, but um, there was a house fire. uh, I think at his mom's house or something. And the, the footage that was on the camera was burned in the house fire. So, He was only able to which is very convenient. (laughs) Which is very, very convenient. But uh he was able to keep these pictures and um yeah, they're on they were floating around on Facebook. I saw it on like uh small town monsters, like on that thing. Um I think he might have taken the post down though because I couldn't find it anymore. Um, but we should post that to our show our show notes. I'll post the link. I have one from uh, Coast to Coast that i'm looking and it's uh it's pretty wild i mean
1: i'll tell you what honestly it um, it
0: looks like bigfoot peering through the window but i mean who knows that could be right any you know that could be a gorilla mass that got taken a picture right so
1: you know you talk about all the social distancing we're asked to do that motherfucker is number one at social distancing he is the best social distance champion right yeah so, so,
0: um, awesome. that is basically, <clears throat> that is pretty much it. He's got a few of the photos. Um, and, you know, a skeptic say it's just a bear, but I've like looked at these photos a ton and I don't know. It's definitely not a bear. Hmm. I'm not saying it's Bigfoot either, but, uh, it looks more like Bigfoot than a bear. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go. That's that's what I got on new Bigfoot News. Nice. So hopefully he's out there, you know. Sweet, just keep it his it? distance.
2: Well yeah. I've got one that is the only current events one that I'm gonna talk about. And it's just a really interesting article in Politico that is about all the different ways they think that the current pandemic is going to change how we live our lives in the future. Um things like the personal becoming dangerous um and people like kind of keeping up with social distancing once the disease kind of dies down a little bit um they think there's going to be a new kind of patriotism um like where uh you can't shoot a virus basically so it's going to be more about uh um doctors and nurses and stuff being looked up to as patriots instead of uh instead of like soldiers um
1: well in my opinion should be
2: polarization um like the person that wrote this part of it basically thinks this will uh be the first common enemy of this new era and that it'll help everyone come together i don't think that's going to happen not with like the current administration trying to call it the china virus and shit
1: (laughs) um It's insane.
2: This is a good one, though. A return to faith in serious experts. So I hope that happens because we should actually listen to the people that know what they're fucking talking about. Yeah, uh, right. But it's it's really interesting. They go on to talk about a lot of like different things, like new forms of reform, um, the government becoming big pharma. So basically, nationalizing healthcare, which would be amazing. Um, so uh, I don't know. It's really interesting. We'll link to it. Um, you guys should take it for a spin, but that's about all I want to talk about that kind of shit today because I'm tired of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was not to go further on, but I was kind of wondering what life is going to look like post-COVID, you know, like...
2: I think we all are. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, and I recommend everybody read this. It's kind of long. That's why I didn't want to get like too into it because it has a bunch of sections that are either written by other people authors or where they're they've talked to an expert in the futurism of this field, thinking about it um, and what they think it'll look like post pandemic. And uh, it's got some really interesting stuff. Um, They point to like what happened after the AIDS epidemic and and how society changed through that and things like that. So there's some stuff that uh, that's kind of like whatever, like, oh, cool. Congress will do stuff through zoom like we're doing now instead of having to all be in the same room but there's a lot of like really interesting things like the rules we live by won't all apply um and stuff like that um and they get into uh just basically what, what they expect society will look like so it's really interesting i recommend it's a it's a recommended read but i'm not going to read it to you guys because that would be boring as fuck
1: well you know <laughs> that's something that um You know, we'll take this for example. I mean, like Josh and I, you know, we, both of you and I, we have unique jobs. And so when we think about this and we think about infrastructure, if we can still successfully do our jobs and not physically be at a building, is this the new way? Is this a way to save the money? Is this a way to streamline what we're doing? I I mean, companies are already looking into it, you know, for what it is. I know we are. Um, We already have a small work at home program we do across 14 of our sites. And now, you know, obviously we're all working at home at this point. And if technology is a solid platform. uh, Why not? You know what I mean? Work smarter, not uh, harder.
2: I went into my building to pick up, uh, some, some stuff like some personal items some shit from my desk. And the only people in the building were other people doing that. And the security guards.
1: Right. Same here. Yeah.
2: I mean, we've, my company has been having everybody work from home for two weeks now. Yeah. Um, And it rules and also sucks at the same time.
1: It reminds me of like Navy days when I used to have to wake up in my fucking bed, go to work in the same ship, go to sleep in the same ship. Like you can't leave. You're trapped in your own little microcosm, you know?
2: Yeah. Like if if uh, if we weren't under quarantine, it would be sick as fuck. Right, but since we yeah. since once I Oof. clock out and stop looking at my work email, all I get to do is wander around my house and be like, "Oh, hey, what's up, girlfriend? Yeah. What's up, cats? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know."
1: Another meme was a snowman off of Frozen, and he's like five yeah. days into quarantine, and you see him like, "Babe, babe, babe!" And all of a sudden, the last picture, you see him going, "Oh yeah, that's right, I'm single." <laughs> <laughs> just amazed me. Well,
2: yeah. I saw a good one that was like, oh, I have a Zoom meeting. And then Kat, oh, so do I. uh, (laughs) Because I don't know if you noticed Busy's head popping up in the corner of my screen right here. Yeah. But yeah, she thinks she's invited to all of my meetings.
1: (laughs) Oh, Ellie's still trying to get in the cage in here. Even just me. She knows it's happening some. Yeah. Well, here's something to piggyback off that real quick. And again, you know, we're not going to pound COVID, but you know, this is something worth thinking about too. And I guess for those of you who don't already assume that your phone tracks you, depending on what's going on. I mean, even before this, we're a technological advanced society, you know, everybody has a cell phone, at least most everybody, I would think so. And I got to thinking because this doesn't even, you know, I'm looking at, at like the news and these maps and, oh, here's a social distancing map and here's how different country or different uh, states are doing it and da-da-da and here's a grid. And and then it made me realize, I'm like, wait a minute, how are they gathering how people are social distancing state to state? Well, they're doing it by the phones. So uh, Stream the Coronavirus Infection Maps is joined by social distancing maps and that's all based on mobile data and tracking if you have a smartphone, you're probably contributing to a mass coronavirus surveillance system. Um, what's unique about this, and not to be paranoid about it, but you know what? These things kind of these steps kind of make sense in where we're going. And something Josh touched on is does this change what we're doing? You know, I don't think that in a year, you know, if they do find a vaccine or something happens, they're gonna look back, oh, remember those that crazy 2020. Nah, this is gonna stick with us. This is gonna be a thing. It's gonna change some kind of culture, some way, somehow. That Mm -hmm. it just won't be the same. It can't, you know. There's just
2: no way. Yeah. No. um, No. I want to share my favorite resource that I like to torture myself with real quick. I'm going to screen share it, so Mm -hmm. you know, patrons who are seeing this can can see what I'm talking about. But uh, this thing
0: is no shared the wrong screen. Oh, yeah. No. No, No,
1: that's it. That's it.
0: Well, unless that's not what you wanted to show.
2: (laughs) This the Johns Hopkins dashboard.
1: Yeah. 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 That's what we just saw. Yeah. I've been following that too. And that's about as accurate as accurate gets. And it's fucking scary at the same time.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's good times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I Um, haven't really
0: been following anything. I've just been getting drunk every night at home. (laughs) You (laughs) You know what I mean? That's not different (laughs) for me. So is it? What am I, what what is me knowing how fucked we all are going to do me any good?
1: I know. I had to break out another reserve not- uh, case of beer out of the back of the couch this morning. Yeah. And I'm like, all no right. Shit.
0: Yeah. Well, and um, usually I don't even drink that much, but now I'm like every night I'm like, well,
1: yeah, it's like you're waiting for five o'clock getting drunk. I don't know what <laughs>
0: yeah. do. I mean. The only thing
2: keeping me from going full uh. airport rules is I don't want to send any, any emails. I shouldn't during from nine to five. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I actually was waiting until we met up, because I'm like, all right, not going to have. A... That's what I've been trying to do, though, is that, like, I'm okay, yeah. not going to start until like five o'clock.
1: I Actively, that's what I've been doing, too. I feel bad <laughs> if it's like, this is the first time I've drank before five. You know, I said four. Okay, we're podcasting. I'll pour me a beer. I'll give him a little thing of walnuts. But yeah, it, it's a thing. Last night, I chewed an associate's ass. It's a peer of mine. She's sending emails out, work emails, like at 11 o'clock at night to people. And I'm like, fucking stop. Stop. You don't have to do that. This is crazy. This can wait to the morning. You don't yeah. have to do this. And this is where regular well, you communities s- unravel. You know? Yeah,
0: you should still keep your business hours of yeah. nine to five or yeah. eight to four or whatever. Like, don't fucking do anything past six o'clock. Yeah.
1: And who's yeah, going like to get that the, fucking email at 11 o'clock at night? And react the
2: executives it? at my work are saying, like, we know people's schedules are all fucked up because schools are closed and you've got kids at home. So you might not be able to get your shit done during your normal work hours. But like, we don't care if you spend eight hours in front of the computer, as long as, uh, as long as what needs to get done gets done, like right. do it when you can, which is good, but there should also be a stipulation of just cause 11 o'clock is a good time for you. doesn't mean it's a good time for anybody else. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And I get that you can, you don't have to answer an email right when you get it, but
1: I would, I don't know. It's just not It is what it is. But well anyway, yeah. back to this. So back to the phone things. There's uh, different scenarios here that they're going to lay out. Basically, these aren't steps. and It's kind of interesting. Um, entirely an- anonymized location pings to give the authorities a sense of where are large numbers of phones and so large numbers of people. The same data might be used to map simple density, hot spots, or sorry, hot sports, and how they are changing over time, a broad view of social distancing. So that's The bottom generic, right? Nice and simple. We probably already do that. Uh, The next level is to track the location and movements of devices, but uh, into broad patterns. General inferences can be drawn around changes in community and behavior, how far people stray from home, whether the same groups are seen together, and so on. The third level, uh, beyond that, we start to get into uh, identifiable data. This means we can associate a phone with a user In truth that's possible with even anonymous data tracks without going beyond simple location data. But with further analysts, uh, an analysis, sorry, we can begin a simple contact tracing timeline. And here's the last one, folks. You ready for this one? The most per- pervasive level is tailored to the individual. This might be quarantine or curfew enforcement. It might be linking a phone to its metadata. I know where you were, and I also know who you call and text. Therefore, I can infer who you meet and when. Uh, whether this is done remotely or by voluntarily or mandatory apps doesn't change the data that they're gathering. So, you know. Well, they've
2: been doing that for years. That's why when you're yeah, standing next yeah. to somebody who Googles a bike to show it to you, you start getting ads for that bike in your Instagram feed, even though you never like. Had you you had Siri turned off or whatever you know right. what I mean like they right. they get they have the metadata so refined that like they can they can say oh you two were standing right. on the back porch when someone googled whatever yeah. so you are probably interested in it too here's an ad well for
1: it. and that's understood and and for those of you again that don't think that we don't do that of course we do that of course we do but how yeah, well, far do we take be. it. You, you know what I mean? Like if it's to the point where you got a bunch of assholes out there that refuse to listen to common law that we're trying to put in place or just to protect ourselves, and they're gonna take it to that next level. I think that fourth step is one that makes me go, Wow, you know, they're gonna look that up and go, Okay, asshole, we're gonna get the cops and lock you behind closed doors, deal. I Yeah, I've
2: heard you know I've heard that they're starting to stop people who are out driving in California. And uh, asking them where they're going, and if it's not somewhere that like fits with their lockdown rules, they're giving them like four hundred dollar tickets.
1: Right. Well, so here's a good example of that, and then um, I'll pass it back to you, John. For actually, we'll take a quick break after this, and then John, will go to you. Yeah. Um, they so Idaho and Washington, Washington State, most of you know, was some of the first cases, the first cases actually, and it's just it's blown up. Um, I've got a team member who, because I oversee quarterly in Idaho. A team member who lives in Washington drives to Idaho, he literally is afraid because all over the news are saying, hey, if you pass state borders, we're going to have state patrol there. They're going to pull you over and they're going to ask you why you're going state to state. So we as a company had to get our legal involved to write a letter, put his name on it, put his schedules on it. So if he does get pulled over, he can prove that he's essential. This is who he works for. This is where he has to go. Um, Now, whether they turn him back and he goes back home, the option is then just go home. If they won't let you, just go home and call us and let us know. But that's the steps that we're taking because we still have to keep a staff in our building. We still have to have security there. There's still possibility of people taking advantage of major buildings that are empty and ransacking Mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, you still have these people that do these essential jobs. They have to be there. Um, But it just blows my mind that it's gotten to that point. You know what I mean? So... Anyway, with that being said, um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. Stand by. If you like podcast and you like science come on baby listen to us oh my god is that good
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was epic
1: listen to the mad scientist
0: podcast on all of your itunes and other listening things i'm your host chris cogswell here with my co-host marie mayhew
1: and we sing we sing we sing a lot we sing for science yes
2: we talk about science, we talk about history, we talk about ghosts and monsters and UFOs and
0: things, and it's a lot of yeah. fun. So come learn about yes. ghosts and UFOs and physics and chemistry and a little bit of biology.
1: And about economic collapse.
0: On the Mad Scientist Podcast!
1: Oh my god. And we're back. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, um, you know, we'll typical commercial breaks. For those of you maybe on Patreon watching the video... It's a little awkwarder because usually we could mute our mics and banter back and forth or got a beer or put a pause on. And now we're just staring at one another, waiting <laughs> for the ad to finish. <laughs> I was actually
2: just during that about to type in the chat, like, maybe we should stop sharing video during <laughs> during the
1: ad breaks. <laughs> I want to do that just to get a just a feel. It's a feel of what we got going on. So
0: yeah. anyway. <laughs> well, there's always the power of editing. Who knows how much we want to
1: get into that, though? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got, John?
0: Well, you know, you can't fucking escape COVID. But so as we all all are locked down, most of us in, you know, self-quarantine self, self quarantine and everything. Everybody's staying at home. Um, some people live in apartments, like you were saying, in the Navy, you know, like people that are on ships and submarines, astronauts training to go to space. You know, everybody's in these small spaces all day, every day, constantly. Like I have friends in apartments that don't... I, I have a huge backyard, so at least I can go out in my backyard and it feels like I'm in another place or like I'm outside. Yeah. Um. And I know people can get a little stir crazy, you know, just like, all right, going to my... Th- you know, some people have a one-bedroom apartment with two people living in it. So, yeah, my
2: house is fucking <clears throat>
0: tiny... Yeah, so there are some professionals out there that have kind of been through this for their job. They're either an astronaut or a submarine uh, pilot or whatever. Um, Scott Kelly, he's a retired NASA astronaut, and he spent nearly a year on board the International Space Station. Um, He says it's important to have a schedule. He says people need to have the right expectation. We don't know when this is going to be over, he said. Uh, we could be in this for the long haul, so your mindset needs to be: I'm living similar thing to living in space for a year. I need to have a schedule. I need to get up at a regular time to go to sleep at a regular time. Um, he also says exercise is a really good way to keep your mind focused and physically fit. You know, um, there's propaganda. <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, there is a guy by the name of Vincent. Lord naughty Eiffel and he was the commander of a nuclear submarine and he says, find your mission. He's like, you can't give in, you need to do something with this suspended time. Uh, he says, you know, it is important established a daily routine and stick to it much like Scott Kelly did. Uh, he says, it's also important that everyone has their own space. He told AFP and a submarine, it might be cramped bed space. It's the same in a cramped apartment. Um, but we all share a mission and that is to protect others, medical workers and successfully navigate this ordeal. So it's kind of like find what you need to do and just stay focused on that. Good points. You know, yeah. um, a sailor Isabel Autissier, was the first woman to circumnavigate the globe alone, which is insane to me. That's just crazy behavior. Um, yeah. So she says, try new things. She said she never felt lonely because I chose to be alone, but a lot of us did not choose to be self-quarantined and most of us don't want to be alone. Um, For the people stuck at home, she recommends using the time to try new things, reading, listening to different music, write your journal, take photos, start drawing. Um, above, Above all, it's important that people don't look too far ahead. Uh, she says when she was at sea facing an indeterminate amount of time alone, the first thing is not to count the days. You can't constantly be thinking I'll get there in three months, in a month, in 10 minutes. Like I basically take that as, you know, take it one day at a time, focus on that day. And then when you wake up the next day, focus on that day. Don't think about what life is going to be like in July, no matter (laughs) how hard that is.
1: So, you know, not to bring this up again, you know, old Navy days, but I'll tell you what, she's absolutely right. Because when we would pull out for six months and we knew that we weren't back home for six months, that's the last thing you do is sit there and go, oh, yeah, we're floating out here for three weeks, two weeks. We only have this much time. Six months is a lot of time when you're away from your family and your friends and your house. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That'll just eat at you. I mean, for touring, you know, I'd be gone for three four months at a time. Right. And yeah, you can't think of when August is going to hit. You just got to take, take it day by day and where you need to be tomorrow.
2: Yep. Yeah. I was just going to (laughs) say that that's how I would process super long drives on the road was just Mm -hmm. like, all right, it's going to be a while. So I'm not going to think about how long we've been going, you
0: know? Yeah. So Siperian Verso, he's an astrobiologist at Germany's university of Bremen and he once spent over a year in a small pod with five other volunteers simulating conditions in a future mission to Mars. And he says moral dips are normal. He says it's normal for your morale and productivity to dip. He said that's not a sign of weakness. Don't add guilt to your problems. So don't feel don't feel guilty about feeling like that because it's natural. It's normal. You know. Yeah. Um, you don't need to fucking pile on more shit already on top of you know what what you're already going through. Um, He says it's important that we still communicate with the outside world and we don't become shut-ins. You know, with technology now, it's pretty easy. You know, we have zoom, there's the house party app, FaceTime, Skype, Google Hangouts. Like there's a ton of things. And he says it's really important that we stay connected kind of through that because even though we're not personally getting that interaction, I can still see you. We can still hang out, you know, I mean, FaceTime, right? Yeah. 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 So, and I, you know, so I think staying in touch with the people that you care about and all that and talking to your friends through video chats is important to keep your mind grounded in this time of uncertainty and, you know,
2: yeah, dude. Like, I use uh, Zoom at least three times a day um, for like conference calls and shit. And never before this have I ever turned on the video function. I've always just been like, eh,
1: nope. That's how I am with Skype. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you guys don't want to see me, you can hear me. Yeah, That's if good enough. My
2: friends ever Facetime me, I hang <laughs> up. I'm like, nope. You can text me, bitch. But <laughs> now I'm like, fuck it. Let's let's fire up the cameras.
0: Yeah. I've just I've been doing house party a lot with people and that's kind of fun because there's stupid games on it. Like there's this shitty apples to apples and there's like trivia and stuff. So it's it gives you something to do while you're hanging out.
1: Oh, John, I was gonna tell you. So um Josefina picked that up from Tori, so thank you by the way. I think it was last Wednesday or something like that. She got all of her family involved with that app. And we did drawing oh, games nice. and of course I'm the asshole in the background going, It's a penis. Black hawk. Black hawk down kids in the room probably wasn't a good idea, but it's still oh. cool because it brings your family together and you get to see each other. And yeah, mm. so I absolutely agree. You know,
2: I no. drunkenly suggested a Google hangouts, um, in my family group text and they were like, yeah, that sounds like a fucking great idea. And so we spent an hour trying to figure out how to get everybody online. And then it was just madness for <laughs> two hours the other night. Ugh, That's funny. Was- <laughs>
1: It happens. Well, and you know what? I'll be honest it was, with you, too. It was
2: worth it, but it was yeah. fucking weird. When this first yeah.
1: happened and I knew I was going to work from home for 80% of the time, uh, I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome I, because I'm a multitasker. So for those of you who know, you know, I do most of the production work for the podcast, so I usually do most of the editing. And I thought, well, cool. I can answer emails here. I can have this set up here. I really have not been as productive as I feel when you talk about guilt, John, because I'm like, you know, when I'm done with this, I'm fried. Like I'm just, Mm -hmm. I need some downtime to go, all right, you know, I'm going to go sit on my patio or I'm going to, I'm not going to go from task to task. I'm not as efficient as I thought it was. And when you, as I thought I would be, but when you talk about, you know, the guilt trip thing, I'll be honest with you, I, this week, same thing. My God, I should already have that edited and done and in the bag. And I don't, you you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It sounds dumb, but. be about it?
2: I think part of that too is like, it's hard to multitask and go to tap from task to task to task if uh, the place you're doing that is your living room or your attic because yeah. you need to break that up a little bit and take a break and, you know, leave the fucking room, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Like it's, it's hard to, that's one of the hardest things about efficiently working from home is like, when I start getting burned out, I just sit here and stare at an email for like 20 minutes of being like,
1: how do, how do I respond to this? <laughs> I
2: know. The same way. I know. Yeah. When if I was in the office, I'd get up and go walk around and right. like complain to somebody about it and then be like, Oh yeah, that's what I should do.
1: Yeah. 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 I think we're all feeling it. We're all feeling it, but all good points, John, man. Appreciate the article. No, no. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stole,
2: what do you got for us? Uh, this is from Eurasia Review. You found this one too, John. Uh, this is. Oh uh, yes, I was hoping you would do this. Building space forts with P. Um, so, yeah, uh, space forts
1: uh, with piss. <laughs> What's that flag look like?
2: The <laughs> actual title of the of the uh, article is "Astronaut Urine to Build Moon Bases." Um, but basically, uh, um, Let me find where they use the word so I can pronounce it correctly. Um, but it's, uh, the other component, the molecular component of your pee that makes it pee and not just water. Um, it's urea. Um, and they think they can use that as a plasticizer in the concrete that they want to use on the moon, um, which basically helps it stay semi viscous and like moldable until it hardens. Um, so basically they would, because it costs, uh, $10,000 to move point less than half of a, uh, uh, kilogram to the moon. It's really expensive to get shit there. So they're, uh, saying, all right, well, if we take part of the, <laughs> if we use the waste from the astronauts as part of the components for the concrete to build the buildings, then that's like, we're already shipping the astronauts there. So that's free travel. Basically that's uh, hmm. free logistics. Um, so they've been looking at 3D printing some of this shit and uh, working with it. And it's really fucking, it's a really funny read actually. Cause they're just talking about piss the whole time. But yeah,
1: that's so <laughs> scary, trying to, trying I mean, to be
0: professional. Makes... What's that? Trying that to be sounds... professional.
1: Oh, sorry.
0: Oh, but I'm, just, that's ingenious. Kind of. They're like, well, yeah. it's already up there. Just let's take the waste and put that into yeah. something useful. It reminds me of he's, Apollo thirteen when they're trying to figure out how to get back. When he's like the
2: constellation urine. Oh wait, that's at the beginning before everything blows up when he flushes the toilet. <laughs> um, it also uh, reminds me of the first scene in Waterworld, and Kevin Costner jumps up on the deck of his boat and like starts peeing in the
0: converter to make it drinking water. Oh yeah, yeah. But hey, man, yeah, I mean, that's pretty yeah. interesting. That's like. I wonder what that first meeting was like when they're like, bet- all right, all you scientists, come into the meeting room. I've got some big news for you guys. I've got some plans.
2: I bet there were there was some giggling because I imagine nerds, you know, yeah. giggled at the thought of using P for stuff. And then someone was like, come on,
0: guys, this is serious. <laughs> like, come on. Dude, it's the urine. It's the
1: urine. It's not the pee. The okay, viria, <laughs> Passing <laughs> notes around the classroom. He said it's pee. Viria, colleague, so ridiculous. No. That's that is, humans
0: are pretty ingenuitive. True. It's pretty crazy
2: when yeah, they want I mean,
0: to when they want to be. Yeah,
2: I mean, we've all, I'm sure, seen uh, the Martian. Like, yeah, using all of his uh, mission
0: mates' shit to grow the potatoes. Like, fuck. Mm-hmm. I love you know that know show there. that movie sucked <laughs> shut oh, up dude. John really well I'm dude the book and I hate to be that guy oh. but the book the book was so you need much to better. borrow my glasses for this well <laughs> dude well if they would have done everything in the book it would have been like an eight-hour movie but also there's so much there's so many things in that book he didn't do like all of a sudden he's already on his way to go to the landing zone or whatever After just like a couple things, it's like no, so much happened that when you watch the movie, you don't even realize. You just think like, oh, he grew some stuff and poop. He blew it up. All of a sudden, he's on his way to the landing zone. Like so much shit happened, and he had to figure out so many things that they didn't even they didn't even remotely touch on in that movie. He had to science the shit out of it. Yeah, dude, the, the book, that book by Andy Weir is like one of my favorite books I've ever read, like favorite fiction books I've ever read. Um, and he went like pretty crazy. He would ask like physicists and yeah, astrobiologists, like, is this correct? Does that sound right? And they would be like, no, actually, if you were going to do that, you know, like, so all mm-hmm. of that book is like really like all the science in there is for what I come, what I've come to understand is actually pretty accurate. So the the movie, the movie just doesn't represent, it it can't, it's a movie, you know, but it was an all right movie, but I was just like, wait, we're already at this part.
2: I liked it, but I didn't read the book. So exactly.
1: I could get that though. I totally get that books. Otherwise you're looking at the three part miniseries I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like I started, uh, I recorded Lonesome Dove on AMC like week ago. Thank God I did. Cause it's oh, a six Lonesome hour. Oh, I love it, man! Six hour thing. It's been forever since I've seen it, but it follows the book almost verbatim, so it is six hours. I mean, yep. Larry McCurdy is an awesome writer, you know, to lay stuff out. But yeah,
0: but, yeah, uh, I love Lonesome Dove. By the way, that was me and my dad's. That was our shit right there. Yeah, Uh
2: Speaking of westerns, I rewatched Silverado recently, and that movie <laughs> fucking aged so good. It's still. So fucking awesome.
1: 1981, man. Yeah, I love it. I don't even know if I've seen that.
2: Oh, it's so good. Oh, dude, do yourself a favor. It's way good.
0: Yeah, Silverado.
1: I feel like
2: I have,
0: but if I have, it's been since I was a child.
2: Uh, it's on. It was on demand. Um, so you could probably find it on like Amazon or something. Yeah. Um, but I recommend it. It's really it's one of the best westerns I think. Yeah, I've seen. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah,
1: that's yeah. pretty awesome. Next to um, the life and times of Walter Mitty? Judge, Judge Roy Bean, that's another fave. Back in the late '70s, thing with Paul Newman, it's really good. Mm. But anyway, well, enough about uh, enough about cowboy movies. Here, yeah, is where, it, how did we get off on cowboy? Me, I'm asshole. An astronaut <laughs> peed <pita>. at
2: horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, with that being said, um, here's another thing that, you know, we really don't think about. And it's funny because John texted this this morning. I'm like, "Ah, I already got that one Um, because I stumbled on this a few days ago and and I can't even imagine. So the title, and I'm going to read the whole story, but just to kind of set up, I'm pretty sure the house I'm haunted, uh, I'm sure the house I'm quarantined in is haunted. So that's the title of the thing. And um, basically... This gal, she had she got a call Friday night. uh, A colleague of her tested positive for coronavirus, and she needed to isolate herself for two weeks, just like you know all of us. Um, And then she says, "My first thought as I was speaking to the two New York State's agency on the phone was at my grandma's house. Uh, She's an assisted living facility now, and her house is empty. There has been some contention between my mother and her siblings since grandparents' health began to deteriorate. Um, But she decided, and her friends decided, hey, you know what? It's empty." It's good. It's an hour away. Get out of your apartment and go stay at your grandma's house. So that's what she did. Um, she went over there. Uh, she has a dog called Finn, which I found was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Finn is Everybody's ex-
0: dog's name is Finn.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Finn is this an ex- is a fact. Yeah. Finn is an extraordinary anxious dog. He paces, he chews paper, da-da-da. He licks the carpet constantly, which who doesn't really? So they're sitting next to each other, and then all of a sudden he would be up on his feet staring at nothing, barking and growling with his teeth bared. Very unusual stuff for him, though I knew it was probably due to the change of scenery, and I really didn't start to panic. Uh, My first thought, and every night since, I slept with the lights on. Sure that no demon, she's joking by the way, could possibly possess me if I could see them coming For the lights on, right? Uh, This is how it works. They can only get you in the dark. My mother was, and still is, appalled by my deep need to sleep with the lights on. She asked which room I was staying in. I told her the pink one next to the bathroom, which was her former bedroom. She told me she could tell me things about that room, but she didn't want to scare me. And she said that as if, if saying that wouldn't scare me. And then she told me to turn the light off and go to sleep. And now as if I could do that. Come on, mom. Um, the day after was fine, minimal freaking out. But that night, ooh, that night I fell asleep with the lights on and woke up at 522 to find perched at the end of my bed, facing the closet in the room. Teeth showing growl rumbling. I tucked myself Mm -hmm. under the covers. (laughs) Man, I'll tell you, you got to pay attention to the dogs, the animals. Just like the earthquake, my animals started moving. I knew something was happening. So, (laughs) Um, Convinced they would save me if need be until Finn finally relented and came back to curl up by my side. Last night and today were by far worse, though. Last night as I'm getting into bed, my mom decides to finally share with me that thing she was going to share with me in the hopes of sparing me from fear. She said that when she was growing up, she would see a bright light come from the closet, hear it swing open, and then feel something on her bed. She said the closet was a portal. And after telling me this, she followed up with, no need to worry, they're friendly. At that point, it was too late, and I was worried. fuck <laughs> that. So, anyway, this conversation inspired me to panic text one of my colleagues, also in quarantine. Uh, she told me I could come stay with her. And I saw the light at the end of this horrible, horrible tunnel. But then I remembered the whole isolation thing, so I decided to be a responsible adult and emailed the deputy commissioner of the state's health department, who had been on the phone with me the fateful day I find out I was exposed. I didn't want to move if it meant I might spread the virus, but I asked if I could make the move to share a space with someone who was on the same exposure timeline as me, because I was pretty sure the house I'd chosen to quarantine myself in was haunted, and at that (laughs) moment, I have not heard back. So she keeps going through this. Uh, she went through basically short story. She went through the quarantine every night the same. Absolutely scared to death, sleeping at the bottom of the stairs. Um, she didn't see anything other than just what she what just watching the dog. He got worse and worse as it was done. But um, you know, the more I think about a story like that, I'm like that would be my fucking luck. I would say it would be yep. self isolation and and it would be a haunted house, and I could just not leave. I couldn't even imagine. So anyway, figured I'd share that story. That was uh, interesting. That adds a new layer to the onion, I guess, of this whole self-isolation I just, thing. I just want to see
0: the uh, health commissioner reading that email. Like,
1: please, yeah. I need to move locations.
0: I've been <laughs> I've been in quarantine, but my house is on. He's like, okay, you crazy bitch.
1: Yeah, there's glowing orbs kind of in my closet. Sure, there are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 sure.
0: Right. Last night, okay. Aubrey was telling me that I
2: need to talk about the weird shit that happens here more on the podcast. I was like,
1: I still got to get over there, busy. dude. Yeah, I still got to get hey, over
0: there. Check that out. I mean, you should. You're depriving us of great stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll think about it. Maybe I'll like write something up. Well. Um, it won't feel so much like uh, I'm airing my own dirty laundry.
0: Anyway. Yeah, well, um, you guys remember Space Force? <laughs> it's no. the new, it's the new branch of our military. You don't say. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we've got the Navy, we've got the Air Force, we've got the Army, Marines, Space Force. Don't so they just guard. launched. They just launched their first uh, mission. They uh, in Cape Canaveral, Florida, and this is by Marsha Dunn, AP Aerospace writer. Um, The newly established U.S. Space Force launched its first national security satellite Thursday with a leaner staff because of the coronavirus. Nothing stops the space launch mission, the 45th Space Wing tweeted from Cape Canaveral. The approximately $1 billion satellite is the sixth and final one in the U.S. military's advanced extremely high-frequency series. Upgraded from the older Milstar satellites, the Constellation has provided secure communication from 22,000 miles, 35,400 kilometers, up for nearly a decade. A powerful Atlas V rocket hoisted the 13,600-pound satellite. The new, Space Force feel, the new Space Force seal adorned the United Launch Alliance rocket. The Space Force officially became a new branch of the U.S. military in December. And now, with a... Uh, With the pandemic in effect, they were going to change uh, Cape Canaveral Air Force Station is going to change. It's been postponed, but they're going to change the name of it to Cape Canaveral Space Force Station. So that's on hold for the moment for the time being. But yeah, obviously there wasn't a bunch of people there to watch it or anything, but um, (laughs) we have action from Space Force.
1: Thank God. Think I was just waiting. Out of all this going on, I was like, you know what? I wonder what the Space Force is doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what, though? That's going to be the crazy fucking thing is when we start battling in space and the Chinese take out one of our satellites and then all our communication is fucked. Like, that that sounds crazy and paranoid, but, like, I don't think it's far from... Far from reality. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably where we're headed next. You know I, mean, I mean, that's that's the yeah. next. Wouldn't you think that that's the next step, uh, next evolution in warfare? I mean, Is it's knocking have out to be. people's satellites. and commun- Like, how else can it
1: be? Well, and again, you know, just looping back, it's even scarier to think about that because look at our technology. Look at our infrastructure. You start picking at that, Again, that changes the whole lifestyles and how we do things and how we go. I mean, that's, you know, like the new biological warfare of sorts, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: like the global, I mean, obviously it's global because it has it in the name, but GPS is based off of uh, U.S. satellites. So Mm -hmm. if they took out one or two of those, that would fuck everyone because like the global system runs off our satellites. Yeah. Like it's not a, a UN thing or anything like that. It all runs off our satellites. So, and no one knows how to get anywhere anymore without their fucking phones.
0: So. I was about to say, I'll pick up a Rand McNally and fucking go anywhere I want.
1: I used to carry that <laughs> shit with me at every fucking vehicle oh, yeah. I had. I like three Dude, States worth, you know,
0: I I love reading maps. I used yep. to, when we'd start a tour, I'd like, even when we had GPS, I would bring an Atlas along just to be like, no, I remember the good old <laughs> days. when We used to tour with, without GPS. Yeah.
1: like Yeah. I'd same way, but I can never fold the motherfuckers. That, that was a fucking I, second part of it. You got to get the
2: big books. You got to get the big book. Not being books. able to yeah. gauge how long it takes to travel a mile.
1: Right. With your little <laughs> pinky on that scale. Like, okay, like, hey, we should hey, be there. It's in
2: like eight miles. <laughs> we need to take a right. Do you think we should take this one? Yeah. <laughs> and,
1: no. No. We <laughs> no. That should not work. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break Um so we can find ourselves back again. Stand by, guys. And we're back. Um, Josh. We're back, think, baby. We're back. I think you're up next, man. I think it's me. I think so.
2: Yeah. It is you.
1: Um, Hello, you so, are Josh.
2: This uh, this one is from Phantoms and Monsters, uh, which is uh, the website founder, or sorry, the founder of this website is uh, someone that Tobias Whalen uh, collaborated with in for his book, uh, The Lake Michigan Mothman. Oh, yeah. Um, the title of the post is called Glimmer Man, Mystic, or sorry, Multiple Encounters and Physical Contact Amazing Account. Um, so it's basically this woman who's kind of like moved around a bunch who started having interactions with uh, with a thing that she's referring to as the Glimmer Man. Um, And uh, I would just read the account, but it's kind of like stream of consciousness. So it is all over the place, but it's really interesting. Um, After her roommate, uh, she called it a failed attempt to commit suicide that actually ended up killing her. So I, I'm not sure how that works, but she, uh, ended up drowning in the Boise river. And then the woman who made the post moved to Portland and not long after. And she saw a like shimmering thing in her backyard that she described at the beginning of the post. She says she's never seen the movie had previously never seen the movie predator, but then apparently her boyfriend showed it to her or something. And she was like, Oh shit, that looks kind of like what I've been seeing. Um, but hmm. she describes like, it, it, it being more like blocky and kind of orby, um, and but shimmering and that, uh, it was in her backyard. She thought it was her dead friend coming to try and like say goodbye or something. She invited it in and tried yeah. to communicate with it. Uh, she had it like do, uh, automatic writing with her basically like guide her hand to, to try and communicate. But it was, um, she said none of the drawings made any sense and it, she couldn't get it to write anything legible. And then her new roommate walked in and was like, who the fuck are you talking to? And was like, fuck this <laughs> and left. And then she had the entity. Cause she still thought it was her dead friend. She had the entity, uh, say, well, okay, show me where to go. Like they agreed upon signals like, uh, if you touch my hand and go up down, or left, right means yes, no, uh, up means stop down means go forward. And they got in the car and fucking this thing led her to a park behind an abandoned industrial building. Um, it had her climbing up on top of this 10 foot structure and telling her to jump off. Oh, geez. And that's when she was finally like, I don't think this is my friend. Yeah. So, she got back in the car, went home, um, and uh, and when she finally got home, she, like, walked it back into her room, and I guess her room had a sliding glass door that opened up into the backyard, and she was like, okay, uh, I'm not really comfortable with you here anymore, so if you are my dead friend, like, hope you go to heaven, whatever about this is.
0: I hope you go to heaven! <laughs> <laughs> Go to heaven, motherfucker!
2: (laughs) But She was just like, this is more than I can handle right now, so bye. And she said it hung out in her backyard for another day or two, and she could just feel it staring at her and then it just eventually went away.
1: Ah. Then
2: it happened again with a different, like, same but different entity, like, same type of entity, but she didn't think it was, like, the same individual. A couple of years later, um... And, uh, her, she was telling her, uh, close friend about it. And he was like, oh, you should watch missing four one, one, uh, the hunted. And, um, so she did. And that's where she kind of got a lot of like the glimmer man stuff and, and Uh. everything. Um, so she ended up moving to Alaska. Um,
1: (laughs) find me the fucking farthest fucking place away from anything.
2: (laughs) Where she lives, like, out in the middle of fucking nowhere with her boyfriend, who is a hunter and goes hunting alone. And she said that she'd never really told anybody but that her close friend Nick about it. Um, until now, when she made this post and when she opened up to her boyfriend about it, finally, he was like, oh, that's the shit I've been seeing out of the corner of my eye every time I go hunting up here. Oh. And shit, so... Uh, it's, it's a really interesting, Hmm. really quick read. Um, but like I said, like she wrote it kind of stream of consciousness. So it's a little topsy turvy, you know? Um, but I recommend it. It's on phantomsandmonsters.com. Um, like the way she describes it, describes these entities are really weird. Um, she describes them more as like columns than like, the outline of a person or an animal hmm. um, like one at one point she says one of them she usually says they're like 4 foot by 3 foot and sometimes they look like cubes sometimes they're more rounded she said at Weird. one point one of them was like basketball sized shape and shaped and i don't know so it's hmm. it's different it's not exactly like uh like the stuff at Skinwalker Ranch where it looks like there are actual like articulated humanoid bodies that are
1: yeah more formed type woke, type thing. you know yeah
2: yeah but uh but she said she her and her boyfriend have kind of said that it looks like tv static kind of so i don't Weird. know it's a really interesting read um i recommend it um the website is pretty cool too phantoms and Monsters. I was going to say
1: that's a, that's a, that's a great website. I mean that, I mean the counters that he has. So basically he set it up to where people can just write in their counters. Some of them anonymous if that's how they want to be, but he's got archives and archives of different stories. And I mean, it's really, you can take a time to read through what he's got there. It's pretty impressive.
0: That's awesome. I still need to check that out. I was meaning after I read Lake Michigan Mothman, I was like, oh, I got to check out Phantom and Monsters. And there's there's another website on there that uh, he, he worked with a dude that does, um, I can't remember what it is, but I need to check that out too. I need to go through my notes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, Josh, Mm -hmm. you talked about Skinwalker Ranch and what they're seeing. Funny you should mention because that's my next article. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch live stream gives you a rare glimpse into its dark heart. Okay. Um, most of you, if you've listened, you know exactly how close we are to Skinwalker Ranch, not just physically like drive time, but just how close that whole paranormal activity is to us in general. Like we camp up there. We, if I see an article, like I even emailed the guy, the new owner, I found out a few weeks ago. You know, having heard back, I figure. I
2: connected with him on LinkedIn.
1: Oh, did you really? So <laughs> yeah. we've all tried, you know. But uh, anyway, uh, for those of you who might not know, Utah Skinwalker Ranch will become digitally accessible to paranormal buffs everywhere on Monday. So the History Channel is giving Supernatural fans unprecedented access to the well-known extraterrestrial hotbed with an exclusive overnight live stream. And in advance of that, on Friday, a Reddit Ask Me Anything session will allow subscribers of the Paranormal thread to communicate with Travis Taylor, the legendary location's data scientist. So you will find that, again, on Reddit. It's r slash paranormal, and that's a thread of its own. And evidently he's going to be there uh, for 12 hours asking questions in whatever shape or form. Um, I did click on – I think it's available on YouTube link as well. Um, It's not active, obviously. I think it goes active on Monday, uh, and then it prepares for – Um, they are going to do Tuesday night action history channel. It's called the secret of Skinwalker ranch. Believe it plays at eight o'clock mountain standard time. We've been waiting for it. Um, You know, of course we pissed
2: off that they're doing the overnight live stream on a fucking Monday night.
1: I know it's weird. It's weird, but you know, it's all hype. But at the same time, you know, if you manage to, I would just love to look at that thread and see the questions asked. And this Travis Taylor, just to get some of the things that he's saying out there, um, I think that's pretty cool, honestly, but yeah, it's yeah, Monday. I mean,
2: I guess it's about time. Yeah. We got to read it.
1: Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, so, I, would, I would love I to see the so
0: social media. <laughs> I would love to see the questions that people are going to ask him. I just saw an article from, uh, Mike DeMonte from punk rock and UFOs. He did, uh, an interview with that dude as well.
1: Oh, did he really? Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's something different, and for those of you who may—I mean, we're not going to go into the history because we've done it time and time again. But again, uh, it'll be—oh no, I take that back. I apologize. Um, it will take place Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I apologize on Reddit's uh, Paranormal Thread again. That's r slash Paranormal Thread. Um, so it's a 12-hour overnight stream. Then um, one thing that's kind of cool, and you know, we talked a little bit about this. So hopefully, you guys heard it. We had MJ Benias on. Um, great writer, great blogger. He's kind of got his finger on the pulse of high strangers in general. And it was really neat how he did it because I reached out to him when he initially had sent out a, a blog about meeting the owner that was anonymous at the time, still, uh, invite him to the ranch. He had a chance to walk around, take pictures. They had the control room set up, all this other thing. Um, of course, you know, we had him on after that. Uh, and we've all read his book, UFO people a great book. If anybody wants to pick something like that, it's just really neat how he dives into the, the counterculture of it and, and who this group is. And he's kind of part of this group because he was for, he was from MUFON for a long time. Um, and then what, three weeks later, he has another article out where it was like part two almost of the same blog. And it was where he released the owner's name, um, who'd come to find out it was Brandon Fugle. He's actually a, a entrepreneur here in downtown Salt Lake that had bought the ranch. And and they are doing things completely different than what Bigelow and Houston, his team did in the past, where they actually have, they're being very scientific about it. Um, they have devices and instruments and they built a control center and it's maintained and they have people rotating out. Like it's, they're gathering information instead of just there going, shh, did you hear that? It's a little bit more of a scientific take on it to gather facts, mm-hmm. to gather what it is. And then of course, you know, History Channel kind of got their foot in the door to say, hey, we'd like to do a series on it. So, oh, am I am I boring you, John? I'm sorry. No, is, I'm, no, okay.
0: I'm <laughs> tired. I yawn. Give me a break. <laughs> right.
2: But yes. uh, but this just the downfalls <laughs> of video conferencing.
1: I know, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but um, just amazing, kind of cool. So check that out again. That's Friday night, Eastern time, eight o'clock. Um, my apologies, thinking it was Monday. And uh, interesting. I mean, I, I'm going to check it out. Well, we'll see what happens. So,
0: yeah. Anyway, definitely. well going off of uh tobias whalen a little bit and uh sticking with paranormal i was going to do a story on tupac the story i was going to do about tupac is essentially this dude he's some gangster dude he claims in this new book that he was the one responsible for killing tupac and there's this private detective um encouraging the las vegas pd to look into this guy and arrest this dude or whatever. No one's doing anything about it. Boom. Okay. Story's done. Apparently we figured it out, but you were talking about Tobias Whalen and our boy has a story. There's some new videos that are surfacing of an object resembling flying humanoid provoke speculation of Mothman in Phoenix, Arizona. Hmm. And this is by Tobias Whalen, March 25th, 2020. And the videos are really strange. Like you don't really see any wings flapping. It almost looks like the black Knight UFO. If you've ever kind of seen any videos yeah. of that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Huh.
0: Um, but it says two videos of an object resembling a flying humanoid filmed over Phoenix, Arizona on March 22nd, have some speculating that perhaps Mothman has come to the grand Canyon state the first video to garner widespread attention was submitted to the mutual UFO network the day after it was filmed. And the filming is Uh fucking shaky. Yeah. All over the place. Go figure. Like it it always is. Uh, But there are some really weird shots and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's weird looking. I don't know what it, is the fact that like, it just seems stationary. It seems like there's this weird black statue in the middle of the sky. Like there's no wing flapping. It's just like, there's like a little bit of movement, but there's so much movement from the camera. It's really hard to like yeah, mm. really focus on what's happening. Um, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, it says, according to the report, the sighting took place at approximately 5. P. M says, we first noticed it while sitting in our backyard. Black object moving slowly from northeast to southwest. Very strange shape looking like a figure with wings, at which it does. My wife commented that it looked like a giant bumblebee. We used binoculars and videotaped. Confirmed odd shape looking like object was spinning as it was moving. It was an overcast evening, but object was very defined in black. Clouds were moving opposite direction. No noise could be heard. Moving under clouds about a mile up this object looked like a giant transformer and it kind of does. Hmm. And there is also a second video that was recorded in Awataki foothills village, part of the East Valley region of the Phoenix metropolitan area. And that was shared by the mother of the person who filmed it. And I mean, they're, they're weird. They're definitely, uh, you guys should definitely check out the videos and we'll obviously have them linked on the show notes. Um, it's on Tobias's website, the singular 14, uh, dot com. And they said about that second one, um, her, her son had filmed the object and shared it to social uh, media And speculation regarding the object quickly turned to flying humanoids once the video was shared to social media, specifically the winged being known as Mothman. Skeptics pointed out that if the object were a creature, it's odd that it does not appear to be moving any of its limbs, but believers rebutted by explaining that many Mothman witnesses describe the being as flying without moving its wings. And that's actually pretty true. And uh, many... I don't... don't, uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, I
2: just was looking at images of flying humanoids and oh. uh, was like, <laughs> "I was like, what?" These are the kind of things that I I want to dig deeper into. The ones that look like just regular humanoid people
1: yeah. flying, right?
0: Uh, not
2: necessarily Mothman, but anyway. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to be super distracting.
0: <laughs> no, well, and I mean, skeptics say it's like a balloon of Buzz Lightyear.
1: Hmm. Uh, which weird if it was a balloon yeah, i got
0: an
2: image of that yeah. right here I think <laughs>
0: That's but weird. so for our Patreons I don't know if this is going to work but this is kind of a video of the second one if this if for some reason my internet works but it's uh, I don't know it's really weird it doesn't seem like a balloon to me because the balloon would just be going up and it would be like
1: I mean, you know, I think the wind would take yeah. it. And Swerving it would, through
0: yeah. the wind and it would be go- like the fact that it's going one direction and the clouds are going another, that would indicate to me that it's not going with the wind. Hmm. Interesting. Um, but I mean, yeah, go to singular4tn.com and check it out. It's an article by Tobias Whalen, and it's interesting. It's worth It's worth a watch. So... I don't know. Is were you going to share your screen on that, or is yeah? That were- well, I was, but now it's not pulling up. It's just circulating, oh. so I, I gave up on that. <laughs> we're doing um, we're doing enough. this fair on enough. the fly.
1: Fair
2: enough. Mueller fourteen.
1: So. Yeah, and I every you know it's really neat because he is still you know despite obviously again you know what we're going through. Um, I catch things that uh, Singler 14 is doing all the time and Tobias is behind. I'm still very active, still looking at news articles, still looking at reports.
0: Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't. I just thought of oh, something. That's all so I So when we were talking about cool shit to watch, and I don't know why I didn't think of this, but Small Town Monsters just had uh, On the Trail oh. of UFOs. They just came out with that. And the dude, Seth Breedlove and Shannon Legroy. can't remember her last name, but I guess they're, they did a thing called On the Trail with UFOs. It's really cool. Everyone should check it out. But um, Seth Breedlove said that he is working on a project now with Tobias about the Lake Michigan Mothman.
1: Yeah, I think that was oh, a Kickstarter like, thing. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a Kickstarter that they're trying to raise funds on, which, which I think is going to be fantastic. So I
0: think they're already working on it, actually.
1: Yeah, too cool. Too cool.
0: Yeah. So my shit isn't working. So, uh, okay. I'm seeing if I can pull it up on my phone. Yeah. Right. Sorry to be very anticlimactic, but all the listeners out there can go do their own damn homework and find the <laughs> video themselves. <laughs>
1: We're already giving this to you, people. <laughs> We're already spoon feeding it, kind of. So, yeah. Anyway.
0: All right. Um, well, yeah. What sorry, else you, you yeah. got? What else oh, you got? I got-
2: I've got one more. Um, These alien alien eggs are not what they seem. This is from Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, I'll I'll screen share in a minute so y'all can see uh, what they're talking about. But um, basically images showing a field full of objects resembling eggs from the alien movie from the alien movie franchise have recently gone viral. Uh, The pictures which were posted up on Twitter by a farm worker from Japan shows rows of quote-unquote eggs sitting on the ground in a field with white tendrils protruding from the bottom of them. It goes without saying that these weird objects bear more than a passing resemblance to the alien eggs first encountered by the crew of the Nostromo in Ridley Scott's iconic 1979 science fiction horror movie Alien, which starred... Sigourney
1: Weaver. <laughs> come down. Uh,
2: as protagonist, Ellen Ripley. Keep your pants uh, fortunately, on. Fortunately, however, the eggs are no danger of spawning face huggers. They are, in fact, Chinese cabbages growing in a field on a farm in Japan. Uh, the reason they look the way they do is that they have been left to wither in the winter air. At this time, to be... And then there's a quote. Um, At this time, be careful with the quote-unquote alien eggs in the field because they are Chinese cabbage. Oh, my um, God. So uh, I'm going to screen share real quick that's so you it's... guys uh, and whoever we end up showing this video to can see uh, can see the images because they're pretty rad.
1: <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another.
2: All right. You guys seeing this?
1: Almost. Hold on.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure you're seeing this and not my desktop because that's what I'm seeing. Nope. Yes, we
0: are seeing it.
1: Wow. Well, okay. I mean that's all right. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: cool looking. Yeah. Oh, but it's cabbage inside, so that's hey, that's a nice
1: looking cabbage.
0: This is fucking huge ass cabbage. Yeah, that's I would like
1: that if that was in my garden. You put some some lights behind oh, yeah, that, that with some like, green light? That'd be freaky.
0: Also yeah. those face huggers have got to be one of the scariest Monsters in cinematic history. Oh, I yes. love it! Check I love mine. it. Yeah. Fuck that thing so much.
1: <laughs> That's scarier
0: than Chucky, than Michael Myers, agreed. Freddy Krueger, uh, critters, Alien takes the cake.
1: Was it? Uh, was it Geiger? G R Geiger? Who was it? H R, R. Geiger. H R Geiger.
0: Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not into it. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, those that, that shit is what fucking nightmares are made I out of. Wanna, hot brands I ain't Josh?
0: To shop,
2: motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I'm trying to find
0: the oh Jesus. Yeah, dude, I would fucking die if that was on my face. Yeah, I would be like, Lord,
1: kill me now.
0: Yeah, I but mean, I guess I would die pretty soon, but you could get one of these
1: as a, as a mask to wear around during these times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that looks like Will Ridiculous. Sasso from Mad TV. Oh, it my really God. does.
1: It's like Bane if
0: he went <laughs> and to I'm cut. not sure who to
2: feel bad for in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Well, Shane, are you going to bring us back home? Yeah, I'm going to bring on a couple small ones and then we can wrap this up. And then I've got a couple of for Patreon. Um, these are really small articles, which I find funny. Uh, priest tries to live stream mass during lockdown, but accidentally turns on his filters. So for those of you who know, when you actually do streaming, you can put the filters on there where it's like rabbit ears and little whiskers and shit like that when you're actually doing the video. Well, he forgot to, that that was a thing, evidently. And so all through the sermon that he was really trying hard to bring some God into people, all of a sudden rabbit ears pop up on his head and all of a sudden he's a cat. Now he has the head of an elephant and he went for like <laughs> 45 minutes like that, just not even really knowing. So, you know, funny little oh, like- stories.
0: That's good. I thought it was going to show his browser history or something.
1: (laughs) Oh God. Thank God. Or his
0: his secret photos that he has on his hard drive. Right. He's lucky. He's lucky that it was just Snapchat filters.
1: Uh, Here's one more that I find funny just because the people that are trying to uh, survive, I guess, in this thing, but the the links they go. Hobby Lobby shutting stores after letter claiming vision from God. So, Arts and Crafts giant Hobby Lobby is slowly shutting down stores across the country amid intense criticism about a letter claiming the company boss's wife had a vision from God that told her that the change should stay open. Yeah. So there's that. Anyway, it absolutely amazes me. Um, Dude, you know, Hobby Lobby people. is
2: such a fucking shit company. You know, let me. Oh my God. Let me they tell are you the uh, worst.
1: Let me tell you about fucking my pissed off about Hobby Lobby that we can wrap. I went in there, we found a really cool painting, wanted hanging hang it on the wall when it first opened in Wenatchee, Washington, brought it home, realized that it didn't have the hook hangers on the back of said painting to put it on the wall. That was sold separately. So I had to go back to Hobby Lobby and separately purchased a little fucking fastener that you nail to the back of the picture to hang it on the wall because it doesn't come included with said sign. I was the last time I ever fucking walked in Hobby Lobby. I'm like, fuck you guys. You're gonna do Dude, this game? They,
2: uh bought a bunch of um artifacts basically from ISIS. They were funding ISIS inadvertently. <laughs> um, whoops. <laughs> uh Behind the Bastards has an awesome episode on them. That's funny um yeah. Like That's they funny. bought a bunch of shit and paid a fuckload of money for these uh antiquities out of Iraq that they were basically buying from ISIS.
1: Yeah. Pretty funny. shouldn't that be
0: fucking illegal as fuck it's illegal as fuck yeah but
2: it's like white collar crimes that people don't necessarily really go to prison
0: for. like if exactly. i spent a hundred thousand dollars on an antiquity from iraq from fucking isis i would be in prison right now right but like you <laughs> don't have
2: enough money to even make that even broach the conversation right. of that well, okay. thanks, thanks for bringing that up, Josh. Thanks for bringing that
1: up. Well, I'm just saying, Poor like, salt on the wound.
2: You got you to, especially be during enough, my
1: unemployment.
2: You've basically got to be rich enough that the rules don't apply to break those rules anyway.
1: God, it it's just amazing. Again, you know what I've seen. I will say, if you
2: spent. $5,000 on an artifact that you bought from ISIS, you would definitely be in prison probably once on a Moabay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You
1: yeah, you know, there's been uh, – I've seen a lot of good, good people during this time, but I still see a lot of assholes out there, and it's not going to go away. And this example of Hobby Lobbies, good fucking example of it, you know, letter yeah. from God, fucking whatever. But anyway. God,
0: you know, if everybody can do their part and just not go to Hobby Lobby –
1: Yeah, I should boycott it. Yeah, go
0: to Michael's. I mean, Mm -hmm. I
2: haven't heard anything terrible about Michael's. I
0: mean, I was about to say, I'm sure the owner of Joanne's Fabric is a piece of shit, too, but I haven't heard anything about him, so go there.
1: I like Joanne's Fabric. I'll pick up a couple little crafty things from Joanne's. Sure. I mean, I
0: haven't heard anything bad about Joanne yet, so. She's a a
1: trawl up around town. Let's try and
0: go to Joanne's and Michael's and just (laughs) leave Hobby Lobby out of it. Fucking Hobby Lobby.
1: God, I even like the name. So anyway, that's our news. Um, I will say, too, I did post this on Patreon. For those of you who are listeners, a standby for merch. Um, I will send some out. And actually right behind me, if you can see this.
0: Oh, you got it framed? Oh, nice. Hell yeah.
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, we got these pictures. We have uh, posters. Thank you, Josh, by the way. Uh, They're beautiful matte frame posters and they're autographed. But yeah, yeah, they're, they're autographed. I think we've got 50, right? 51 through 50 so far.
2: Uh, Thereabouts. Yeah.
1: So, so I'll send those out uh, with cozies and with some cards and other merch and, and, uh, and just, you know, thank you again, patrons for sticking by. And for those of you who aren't, thank you again, just for listening, because, you know, despite these times, hopefully we can kind of take your minds away from the bullshit uh, that is around us and we can go forth. So. Um, yeah. Do you guys have any wrap ups, thoughts, moans, groans, gripes, bitches, complaints? I just mm. remembered that about an hour before we
2: started, I put an Instagram post out saying basically all of that, but also like pester uh, us on the hotline lol. So hopefully we have some voicemails, but yeah. I kind of doubt it.
1: We'll see. Um, and yeah, for that hotline, 801 252 69. Corona! 45. And then with that being said too, the one last caveat, stand by for um, after this news episode that will land uh, this weekend. Um, We have a part one a part two of something that John actually put together and it's pretty fucking amazing. I will say that it's a little bit different because we did pre-record these um, because we had some, you know, some fancy stuff in the background. These are the last ones that where we are all in the studio together. So If this sounds like this and then it goes back to this kind of an episode for those two, that kind of that's why. You know, we kind of had them already wrapped up in the can. Um, But, you know, neat. And and I think you guys are going to love the topic. And then we also have a couple guests, I believe, lined up uh, after that that we'll have on. Um, During these times, it's really nice because a lot of podcasters are going through the same thing where they have a little bit more time and they are at home and they can use their technology. So we had some reach out to us. We reached out to them uh, just to support them and we're going to have them on the show and, you know, and kind of, you know, bring them into the forte and uh, and go for, so, you know, we got some things lined up out there. So hopefully you guys can, you know, hang in there and we'll bring you good content.
0: Yes. All right. I agree. All
1: right. So it's if I been agree a real
0: fun. Saturday I agree with day all drinking but- with you guys. Yeah, it has been great. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, I hope you're well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think so I'm so gonna good. I'm gonna continue the party with uh, my dog and my lady. Oh yeah. I, I think I'm gonna start a puzzle, a thousand piece puzzle.
1: Uh-oh. oh oh! I gotta. I, I'm gonna share a meme with you that's really fucking funny. It's a guy that put a puzzle together. He did not put it together. He's like fucking nailed it, and it's just a pile of shit. But it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: All right. All anyway. right. Well.
1: Peace be with you. Love you guys. Take care. Love Love you you. you guys. Bye. Close, Close gates.
0: You've been listening to a fourth hand production.